0: Well, good morning. Happy Mother's Day, as has been said many times already. And uh, just speaking through to the people that are engaging online right at this moment. Happy Mother's Day to my mum.
1: Yes, Happy Mother's Day, Sandra. She will be
0: watching and probably crying right at this moment. So she's back in the UK, for those of you that don't know. And uh, so the great thing is... I get to do two Mother's Day because in, in the UK it's a different day. Have no idea why.
1: Pretty it's much to do the, with Easter, I think. Is it? I think so. I got
0: no. I I don't know. So I have two opportunities to forget Mother's Day, which is. <laughs> by law of average, I should probably get one right. I hope this morning. Well, actually, a few days ago, I bought my cards early. Not Saturday. That's not early. I bought them a few days ago. I wrote them. A few days, ago. and if you're wondering why I write, I'm saying cards. It's because we have our daughter back in the UK, and she asked me to get a card and write down what she wanted. So, uh, wrote them early, bought them early, and uh, got everything ready. And then left them under the bed this morning. So I had to tell Dee to go searching for them, so that she could get her own Mother's Day cards.
1: I viewed it as a treasure hunt. <laughs> so that's not a bad thing.
0: But. You know, today, today is a it's a great day, but it's also an interesting day for some of those. And I'll talk a bit more about that later. It's one of the most special days, but can be, for many people, one of the most difficult days. And if that's you, we see you. We acknowledge you. We hear you. We understand the pain that you're feeling at the moment. And we, I guess, in, in many ways, try and stand with you in the pain, but also Stand with those who are celebrating. And that's, that's one of the tough things about a day like today, isn't it? it, it There's celebration and the sadness, and we have to stand at times with a foot in both camps. We extend our love to you, both those of you in the room and those of you online. And, uh, you know, I guess it's a day when we, the church, have to learn to do those things. Celebrate, celebrate with those who celebrate and mourn with those who mourn all at the same time, all at the same room, and often within a few seconds of each other. And what we want to do is neither negate the celebration nor negate the grief. So before we get into what we're going to say, can we pray with you before we move on? Why don't you just stand with me just for a moment? Dee's going to pray with
1: us. Oh Jesus, as we... Centre ourselves right now and ask you to be with us. We just pray, Lord, that you would speak to each of our hearts exactly what we need today. Lord, you see each heart, Lord, you know each situation, you know each deep longing that's within each of us, male and female, young and old, whatever situation we're in right now, Lord, and I pray that we would each hear exactly what it is that you want for us we thank you for loving us, and we love you in return. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Grab your seats. So for those of you that are guests with us this morning, um, great to have you and great to welcome you. Just for even this hour and a half to six hours, that was a joke, by the way. Just... We have a lunch to go to. It's not yeah, going to be do, six yes. hours. Just feel at home. We welcome you. Today is the day that we celebrate the mums in our lives. And right throughout the Bible, women and motherhood is given honor and celebrated. In actual fact, placed in high value. And some of you may think, well, that's not the bit of the Bible that I read. That's, it seems very different when I, when I read some of that stuff. Can I say to you, there's, there's a big difference between prescriptive and descriptive. So prescriptive is what should happen. You know when you have your car and, the, and you're told to get it serviced and fill it with oil, put windscreen washer liquid in it? That's prescriptive. But then we don't. We don't fill it with oil. We don't, uh, we don't put windscreen washer. We don't get the tires checked. That's descriptive. So don't blame The problems on the prescription, blame them on the description. But there can be this confusion. And and today, both of us actually just want to pick some scriptures that are in the Bible, some verses, and talk about God's heart for motherhood and the value placed on womenhood as well. And it is a tough day for many people. Some of you have had deceased children. Some of you have got children that are not in contact with God, away from church, even away from family. Some of you are unable to have children. Some of you have got mothers deceased, and one of our staff members said this, heard him say this morning, this is the first year without my mum, So it's a different year. I know that some of you have fractured relationships with your mother as well. And there are many, many reasons for today being tough, and everyone has their own story. But we want this place, especially today, to be a place of healing, forgiveness, love, and community. And today we do want to honor the role of motherhood and place value on womanhood as well. Because we believe that you can still still actually be a mum without having birth children. One of the women in our church has just taken on, I think, four kids fostering. How incredible is that! alongside of her 365 children. That's amazing. My own mum and dad fostered for many, many years. And so we see motherhood, and then we see women looking after other people as well, passing on, because motherhood is well, about what you place and pass on in the next generation. Today is a day to pause, reflect, give value to, and be grateful for our mums. I love reading the stories, the accounts of Jesus, and how he was very different from the culture around him. In that he placed value on women. There's an amazing account, and someday I'd love, I want to preach on this again. But he just uses this phrase to a group of men. He says, "Do you see this woman? Woman, do you see this woman?" And he's he's actually pointing out their faults and highlighting this incredible woman that's standing beside him. Then another account, there's a woman that that gives, and she gives the tiniest amount. And there's a whole load of other people putting a a lot of their money in the collection. And Jesus highlights her and says, do you see this woman? What she's done here today will be highlighted and spoken about down through the ages. Many people struggle with hearing the masculine attributes of God or only the masculine attributes of God. But the Bible is, is full of what we could term the feminine side of God. We want to speak about a couple of those. Let me remind us that we are all made in the image of God. He's not made in our image. The very best of humanity comes because we are his image bearers, both men and women. 2
1: Timothy 1, verse 5 says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. This is a scripture that's that's written in the New Testament in the book of Timothy, and Paul here is writing to Timothy and encouraging him, and, recognizing in him the faith that he has has come from somewhere. It's been passed down from his mother and his grandmother. And when I, um, when I read this scripture, and this is a scripture that um, I've often kind of been reminded of when I think about my family heritage, and I'll speak about that in a little while, but I just want to, I guess, remind us like what John said, motherhood is often... Um, seen as just the physical thing that you do to look after your children, but what we pass on spiritually to the next generation is so important. Um, my mom, um, Ingrid Casson, she was a missionary in Thailand. I've often talked about that. And when I was born, she was a pastor's wife, and we grew up in Manchester and England. And she always soaked us in worship. There was a song that she always sang around the house every single day, the same song throughout my entire life. And it was always, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. you know that song? It was always a song she sung. And so whenever I hear that song, I'm like, oh, that was my mom. Um, and every, um, everything she told me and, and my siblings was usually a spiritual analogy. And when I was a kid, it was always like, Mom, can you please stop preaching at me (laughs) often? But then when I left home and was, I guess, branching out on my own and figuring out what I thought, and as we all do at some point, we kind of have to solidify our faith. Like, do I really believe this or not? This is my faith, not just my mom's. Then it was those times when those things that she'd put into me came up to the surface, and I knew actually what she'd taught me wasn't just her own perspective, but it was the word of God. It was those miracle stories that she told me um, because she'd had that passed on to her by her mom. And so my grandmother, who's German, like my mom, um, my grossmutter, she's Hannah Lutke, she was born in East Germany, and her, um, she brought up her children through the war. Um, and there's an incredible story, and I won't go into detail because it would be a movie um, of you know, her fleeing with her six children when my grandfather got conscripted and was sent to the Russian front. Um, and she had to walk right across Germany to take her children to go and find where my grandfather was in a prisoner of war camp. And she brought her children up, did the same thing, soaked my, pet, my mom and her siblings in the word of God and in worship all the way through um, and the miracle stories that she experienced and the angels they encountered along the way got passed down from her to her child who then passed it to me and that came from her mom, Thea von Brunn, who was um, a a godly woman who brought her children up in Namibia. So all of my, um, when I look back at the women in my family, they didn't just impart Um, godly wisdom and scripture into their children, but they also um, showed them God's goodness in adversity. And in this season for us, I just want to take on that challenge myself and also encourage all of us here, let's teach our kids how to cope in this season of adversity. Those young people, those kids who, and young adults, who really at the moment are often the ones struggling the most after this pandemic and what's been hitting them. Let's be the ones that teach them how to manage within adversity and how to look to Jesus who never changes.
0: I know this is off script. (laughs) Okay. But just as you were talking there, I was just sort of thinking about, what about about the people in this room or or watching online that think, "I, I don't have that heritage? I don't have that all that stuff that's going back. What can we say to them?
1: Yeah, there's always, always a new beginning. And often, when we look back, there's someone who's inspired us at some point along the way. Even if they weren't a Christian, there is someone that God has used to encourage us or inspire us in some way. So maybe we can reframe a little bit what actually God has done, because the, the word says that God never leaves us, whatever our past, whatever our journey, but we have the ability to step into something and maybe draw a line in the sand and say, from here on in, I'm going to pass on to the next generation, spiritually, um, what I wish I'd had, maybe.
0: Yeah, that's great. So instead of expecting a legacy, creating a legacy. That's good. Proverbs 1, 8 to 9. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. There is a difference between what a father brings to the children and what a mother brings to the children. And, and again, I just want to make a, a quick proviso here, to, I, I guess, to the mums that are trying to fill both roles. And I know that we have dads trying to fill both roles as well. I think God graces you with something extra in that. And I, I you know, I pray that you will not feel half. You will not feel, well, my kids are missing out because God God has placed you in this place where there's some incredible role models, male role models, but also God it will put something in your life that will grace you to fulfill what God brings within a marriage as well. But there is a difference between what a father could bring. And I was trying to think, why, why is there two words there? Because they're, they're actually two. Instruction and teaching, even in the original language, they are different. And, uh, and I just began to think about what D, what D does. And, and often, you know, as we get settled, and now that we have our own kitchen, the biggest kitchen we've ever experienced... God, I think God is, you know, opposites attract. Dee loves to cook. I love to eat. So she blesses me by cooking. I bless her by eating. We've got a perfect partnership, I think. It's great. But, you know, one of the things I've seen over many, many years is that Dee teaches our kids, but not only our kids, some of the young women, and I think occasionally a couple of the young guys as well, just get them in the kitchen, teach them how to cook. And what has become lessons in cooking has turned out to be lessons in life. And so bringing that in the kitchen, a growth environment. I think dads often set the boundaries for the garden. The fences, put the fences up for that growing environment. But mums actually help the flowers grow. They create, you know, yesterday Paul and his uh, sons brought some... I keep forgetting what you call them. Railway
1: ties. Railway
0: ties. So we call them railway sleepers. And brought them over, and I know Dee's going to want me to lift them. That's why I'm training really hard to put them in the right place to create a growth environment. But that growth comes, the instruction and the teaching, that parents and the teaching, the growth environment that mums bring comes from the home, not the educational system. Knowledge can come from school, but wisdom comes from the home. How do I deal with life? How do I deal with my past, my future? How do I deal with success and failure? And those lessons in cooking become lessons in life because we set, mums set that environment where, where <coughs> children can grow and do grow. And then it, it goes on to say that, that there are garland that goes around your head. That's something that's noticed by others. Wisdom and growth is not, not always noticed by ourselves, but it's noticed by others. They see the beauty in their lives. Mums help not just their kids, but help other people see the beauty in what's happening in their children as well. They notice what you've been taught. And, and on the same line, Solomon, Solomon 8. Verse two says this: "I will lead you and bring you to my mother's house; she who has taught me. I will give you spiced wine to drink and the nectar of my pomegranates." Yet again, there's the the acknowledgement of the teaching role, an aspect of motherhood. Mothers are teachers; they set that growth environment, and you know, mums. Plant and help grow the flowers in the garden. Yes, God brings the life to those plants. But mums, as they tend that garden, tend that nurturing environment, help bring the plants to their full potential. And yet again, people will notice your growth.
1: The next scripture is Luke 2, verse 51. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them but his mother treasured all these things in her heart. This little um, verse, the context of it is Jesus and his parents had just been in the temple, and they were well on the way home, and then Mary and Joseph realized, where's Jesus? He's not here with us. So had to travel three days back to the temple to go find him, and there he is sitting with the teacher's <clears throat> learning school. You,
0: to you do have to question their parenting ability within those three days, though, don't you? It's like, I hey, get, I, we get, get nervous if Judah's gone out for an hour. Three days?
1: <laughs> With no mobile phones, no fast cars to get there quickly, my goodness. And I just think it says, Mary pondered these things in her heart. I would have been frantic in my heart, not just pondered them. But then it reminded me of there's many other times in Scripture where it says that Mary pondered things in her heart, and it just made me think of of the bond that was between them. So she knew because the angel of, of the Lord had told her before she was pregnant that she would have the Son of God in her womb, that she would give birth to God in flesh, and how that must have um, how must that have been? So she must have watched him, and I guess, put her motherly human wisdom into him and knew that at that moment when he was in the temple learning scripture was the time when the scripture and the spiritual wisdom from his father in heaven was being imparted to him. But then I also thought how much mothers watch their children, don't we? Um, When I was teaching, I taught little kids and seeing all those kids on the stage this morning made me miss my teaching times. And because that was the age group that I was often with, too. Um, But a big part of your role as a teacher is to watch the kids and observe them and see how well they're learning through a certain activity or a lesson. And then you can shape what you're doing to ensure that the right things are going into them. And I'm sure that that was the reason why, in the Wedding of Cana... Mary was so sure that Jesus could be the one to step in and help, even though his ministry hadn't yet started publicly. She knew because she'd been watching, she'd been seeing and pondering all these things and knew when it was the right time. They've run out of wine, Jesus. Come on, you can help them. What a fantastic mother. The next scripture I'm gonna continue with is John 19, verse 25 to 27. And again, it's about Mary. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, Here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. That same mom that watched her kid growing up, knowing he was the son of God, That same mom watched him be crucified on a cross. Like, what that must have been like for her, I cannot. Like, we can't imagine, can we? And those of us that have lost loved ones, we feel the pain, but to watch that? My goodness. Then I remembered back when he was a baby and was being presented by Mary and Joseph in the temple, Simeon prayed... A blessing over him as a baby, and said these words to Mary and Joseph: "This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too." And in that moment, when when Mary was watching her son being crucified, that sword must have pierced her soul so deeply to watch what torture that he went through and then understand what an act of love because she would have known both sides. She knew without a shadow of a doubt that was the son of God. His ultimate act of love for his mother was to provide for her, to provide another son figure that could love her and comfort her within that loss, knowing the trauma that she was seeing right there and then. He provided another sun figure to comfort her. His ultimate act of love and restoration for the entire world was what he was going through also. 1 Peter 3, verses three and
0: four. Your beauty should not come from outward adornments such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. I'm sort of stepping into where angels fear to tread with a verse like this. But I think it's a bit like, what's what's the film? You're, oh, The Princess Bride. I don't think it means what you think it means. You see, this verse has often been used to keep women... ...in their place. Sit there, be quiet. Again, another film from ages gone by. In the words of Patrick Swayze, no one puts baby in the corner. See, it's not saying don't wear the nice clothes. It's not saying don't have the jewellery or wear the makeup or do do your hair. It's saying there are more important things than those. Don't get so caught up in getting those things right that actually what's inside is not perfected, not worked on as well. There is something much more important inside than what is portrayed outside. And the other word that I was, I was looking at, quiet, what, is, what does that mean? Because Dee, many years ago when we first met, she would say to me, I'm just shy. I'm like, no, you're not shy, you're just quiet. And there's a big difference between the two. But even here, this word quiet, is, is not about personality. It's actually, it's, it's not even be, be silent and know your place. It's actually be a bringer of peace. Don't, don't go into those places and cause disquiet. Go and bring, bring peace. Don't be a bringer of disturbance. Be a bringer of peace. Be the person who brings the quiet. Be the person who doesn't... Perpetuate the gossip, the person who stills the gossip, not the one who passes it on. And it's saying allow, allow what's inside to be what makes you beautiful, not just what is outside, and be that person who brings the peace into the situation. Isaiah 66, verse 13, as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. And you will be comforted over Jerusalem. Here's one of the verses where you you see the direct mothering heart of God. What an honor to be compared with God. What a a place of privilege. When when God is is breathing this through Isaiah, he's saying, I want you to think about what does a mum look like? Because that will give you a picture of what I think about you. Look at your mum, the best of your mum. That's what God looks like in flesh at times. Have you ever seen a mum comfort her distressed child? And mums often learn the different cries of a baby. I just hear the cry of the child. And it's sometimes, you know, I'm, a, I'm an ex-social worker, so please don't take this as literal. Literal any social workers in the place but sometimes you feel like pick a window kid because you're going through it is it okay to he be never honest never would
1: have done that maybe we
0: should strike that from from. <laughs> but it does feel like that doesn't it at times but mums actually begin to learn the different cries oh that's, that's because they're hungry that's because they're, they're, they've, you know their nappy needs changing that's because they're distressed that's because they're like you dad that's the way but You learn that cry and then there's that immediate pick them up, comfort them, hold them close to deal with the distress. Just like a mum who knows the cry and knows how to comfort the cry, God, God knows the cry of your heart and God has become your comforter.
1: Matthew 23 verse 37, and this is Jesus speaking. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you are not willing. That's a picture of a mother hen. I used to have chickens, oh, hens in England, and I used to love watching them and their different interactions and how they dealt together. But here in this context, Jesus is talking to...
0: I like watching them sizzle. (laughs) Not my pets. Dee likes chickens, I like chicken.
1: I like the eggs that the chickens produce too. Anyway, (laughs) Jesus here is talking to the the teachers of the law and the the Pharisees, and he was giving them a good telling off, because if you read the verses up till that, it's all different things that Jesus is nailing in them, like, hang on a minute, this, 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 and this. And then here is saying to them, but I long to gather you under my wings under my feathers. I long to gather you as a hen gathers her children. And yet they don't want that. They just want the law. They want to know how has he broken the law on the Sabbath? How has he done this when he shouldn't have done? He longed for their hearts to be drawn towards him. He longed for them to understand, but their hearts were hard. His nature is to draw us to him even when our hearts Hard and we can perceive God as this either a wise man or as a huge, like, dictator with a stick ready to you know whack us when we do something wrong. But His nature is that He wants to draw us to Himself when, and this also links with Psalm 94. There's a couple of scriptures that are linked here with a similar analogy. And in Psalm 91.4, it says, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. I love that. When my father passed away um, in 2019, he died in the May. So just, it was this week that was the anniversary. Um, and it wasn't until December that I actually allowed myself to start grieving. Just because I had, I was doing my master's at the time and going through a whole heap of busy stuff and potential transition, all sorts of things. And the 4th of December is his birthday. And all of a sudden, all of these feelings just were almost like buffeting me every day, like a wave after wave after wave. But I knew that I had to grieve and I knew that God was doing some heart surgery on me in that time and and helping me to process that loss. And one Sunday in worship, and worship is incredibly important. Okay, let me just say this. When we're here on a Sunday and we're worshipping and there's the, the music's playing and we're singing, it's important. Like, it really is. It's a healing environment and we need it. And I was in worship that day and I just had a real, like, God, help me, I'm really struggling. And I felt and I had this vision of God just suddenly enveloping me with a wing and tucking me in. And it was like he was covering me, protecting me, while he was performing his heart surgery on me, protect me from the outside world. And it was so intimate and precious. And after that, I, um, I bought myself a fluffy white blanket that looked just like feathers on a wing. <laughs> and I had it. Whenever I felt I needed that comfort, I would sit with that blanket on me because it felt like a reminder, physical reminder, that God's took me under his wing. And then when I was leaving my daughter in England, Taya, I gave her that blanket so that she could do the same. Now I'll cry, so I'm going to stop.
0: Yeah, thanks. (laughs) Psalm 113, verse 9. You set me off. You shouldn't have done that. He settles the childless woman in her home as a happy mother of children. Praise the Lord. And this is where I guess I want to finish. God cares about your pain like a mum cares about her kid's pain. And if you're a mum in this place, childless, lost a child, I don't know, whatever it is, there's, there's separation there. God cares about your pain. D reminded us, me, of Isaiah 54, where it says, Sing, O barren woman, you who have no children. It goes on to say that you'll sing more than the one who has children. He's created a home for you to be settled in. He cares, he sees, he pulls you under his wings. His heart longs to comfort you. And my prayer as the pastor here is that we will be a church that reflects the mother heart of God as well. That we gather people. We'll make mistakes. You can guarantee that. Why? Because we're just imperfect people. But we want to reflect the mother heart of God who who gathers people in, who protects them, who comforts them. And in all of that, we want to be a church that points people to Jesus. I, was singing, I, was, I wasn't singing, I was listening. I have a, a playlist that goes on on a Sunday morning as I'm in my office early. And this song came up and it's one of my old, old favorites. It says this, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. The reality is, for every single one of us, there's so much distraction in the world. There's so much going on. There's so many things that cause us to turn away from Jesus, or for some of you, not even turn to him in the first place. But you know what? God longs for us to come to know his son. Longs for us to have the pain healed it's not always done in a moment. Often it's a, a long, slow process. But like a mum gathers, mother hen gathers her chicks. Like God saying, I long for you to sing. Also God saying, I long to have a home for you to settle in. The place where you can deal with the pain that you've experienced. The place for you to celebrate as well. That's what we as a church, long to be. Not so that we can be awesome, so that we can simply reflect who Jesus is in all of this. Will you pray with us?
1: Should we stand? Lord, we thank you for your goodness. And we thank you that as we've reflected on parts of Scripture that tell us of your nature, we thank you, Lord, that you are so much bigger than we could ever realize or even imagine. And we thank you, Lord, that we have the ability to come to you, that you're not far removed from us, but you're closer than our very breath. And Lord, I just pray that we would receive this word, the words that you've spoken to us, that you would seal them in our hearts, Lord Jesus, in your beautiful name.